praise God. I believe in church. I believe in the life of the body of Christ. And I, I just look out at this beautiful sea of faces and I see the presence of God. And it just excites me to think about the effect that we can have in our world when we take God's presence into our workplaces and uh, saturate this world with God's presence. It's awesome. Last week, if you were here, you'll remember that we talked about tackling temptations. And I trust that that was of some help to you, knowing and understanding how we can not just avoid temptation to sin, but actually how we can tackle it and we can see ourselves mastering, overcoming, conquering, being victorious. Amen? Amen. Those are words that we love. Now, I, I think that sometimes we can confuse being tempted with being tested. The Bible says, as we mentioned last week, that God never tempts us. But I, I, I know that sometimes perhaps we can, we can be in a place of temptation and we can be a bit confused as to what is going on. And maybe we have wondered, is this God? Is God actually tempting me? The Bible says, never. Never will God do that. In fact, 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 10 says that God will never allow us to be tempted beyond what we are able to withstand. And it goes on to say this, that he will always provide a means of escape. You see, God does not want us to be tempted. And when that should happen, the escape route is already made available. Of course, it is through the blood of Jesus Christ that we have access to the throne of God. And so I want to try and bring some clarity today. Because even though God will not tempt us, there are times when our faith is tested. When that which we believe in, that which we are believing for, is very much tested. To start with, I would like us to look at a definition of faith. Hebrews chapter 1 and verse 1 says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things not seen. Now, we could take many weeks to talk about faith, but we're not going to do that. We're going to settle with just a simple explanation. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence of things unseen. We might say it this way. Faith is that trust or that certain hope that we place as believers in what God has said about something. It is the evidence of the existence of that which as yet cannot be seen. That's the definition of faith. Faith is not just some empty hope. 
I hope one day, when I die, that I will go to heaven. That's not faith. That's an empty hope which will end in disaster. I hope that God will help me in my marriage. Daniel and Alex are getting married next Saturday. Yay! And they're going to enjoy a wonderful marriage. But if they were to say, we hope that God will help us, that's not faith. We hope that God will heal us, that's not faith. I wish that my wife treated me better. I wish that my husband treated me better. There's no faith in that. That's an empty wish. And that is what faith is not. But I think sometimes that's how we try to use faith, as a wish, as a hope. God is not a genie in a bottle that we, we rub and hope that he gives us three wishes. Somebody has taken the time to count them, and there are a whole lot more than three promises in this wonderful book. And when God gives us a promise, that is what we can have faith in. We can have that certain hope, that trust in something which we cannot see yet, yet we know that it, it, it exists. Why? Because God said so. And God cannot lie. And sometimes we can have our faith in God's word and that faith gets tested. At the end of our service, God is going to help us to see why that happens. But I would like us to go on a journey with a man that we read of in the Bible. His name was Jairus. Jairus was a ruler of the synagogue. He was a religious man. And we know that even, even though we only read of a few hours of this man's life, we know that he had faith in God. Not just because he was a religious man, but because in his life he encountered a great need and his response was to put faith and trust in Jesus. What was his great need? His 12-year-old daughter was sick and was dying. She didn't just have toothache. She hadn't just sprained or broken her ankle. Whatever sickness she had, it was so severe that she was dying. Somehow, Jairus, her father, had either seen or heard what Jesus was doing. Of the miracles that Jesus was performing. Of those people who were blind and Jesus healed them. Those that were lame and Jesus caused them to walk. They were deaf, but when Jesus met with them, they were able to hear. Perhaps, perhaps he had heard of the miracle where Jesus turned water into wine. Or fed 5,000 men plus women and children with just five loaves and two fishes. 
But something had happened on the inside of Jairus so that when he experienced this great need in his life, he knew where to turn. He went to Jesus. The Bible says that he went to Jesus and he fell before him. And he said these words, my daughter is dying. You know, sometimes to encounter and experience faith that we can have in God's word, sometimes we just have to get real with God. He was not denying the facts. He wasn't part of some extreme faith movement that would deny the circumstances. He was willing to face up to his need. He said, Jesus, my daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her so that she will be healed and live. There is the evidence of his faith. It was not a hope. It was not a wish. He said, I know Jesus. If you just lay your hands on her, my daughter will live. He acted upon what he saw Jesus do. He exercised his faith. And that's how we need to respond when, when circumstances come into our life that need a miracle. Who do we go to? What do we turn to? We should turn to the word of God and place our faith upon what God says. God's word will never change. It will never fail. It will always accomplish that for which he sent it. Full stop. Or period. That is the sureness of God's word. It will always accomplish that for which he sent it. How? Faith. Faith. When faith is exercised in a believing heart, God's word comes into being. But how many of you know, as Jairus experienced, that sometimes between the time we get the revelation of what God says and the experience of seeing God's word come into our lives, that there is sometimes a distance how many of us like things that are instant? Uh-huh. We live in a microwave age. We don't always like to get all the ingredients and make this meal. We like to take the lid off something, put it in a microwave, and it's instantly ready. Yeah? If we have to click our computer more than once, we get frustrated. We're wasting time. We want it to be there even before we click it. But how many of you have experienced that, that putting faith in God's word is not a guarantee that it will come into being immediately? I have. And I'll be honest with you, there are things that I am praying for this week that I have been praying for probably 20 years. 
and I haven't seen it come into being yet. So why don't you give up, Pastor John? Because of this. I believe in this. I believe in Jesus. I believe that he cannot fail. You see, faith is not restricted by time. If I say, I will believe for my healing and I will give God six months, there's no faith in that. And I have experienced times where I thought there was a deadline. A bill had to be paid. A demand had to be met. And I thought that that date was the deadline. And I would hold that up to God and I would say, God, thank you that you're going to meet this need by this deadline. But the deadline passed. And then God met my need. I could give you testimony of miracle provision that God has given to us. But it hasn't always happened the first time I prayed. It hasn't always happened when I thought it should happen. My faith has been tested. Jairus' faith was tested. Because on his way home with Jesus, here is this large crowd. And here comes this woman who has been ill for 12 years. And she seems to distract Jesus. Because she is exercising her faith. She has said, if I can just touch the hem of his garment, I will be healed. And against all the odds, she makes her way towards Jesus. She touches his garment and her faith heals her. Can you imagine what's going through Jairus's mind? Come on, Jesus. Now the woman is well. Let's go. My house is this way. My daughter is dying. But Jesus said, uh, who touched me? And he goes into this conversation with his disciples. He's, he has to find out who had touched him. And can you think, can you imagine how Jairus felt? Can you imagine the test that was coming to his faith and perhaps comes to our faith when it seems like Jesus is taking too long? Jesus is never late. He's always on time. Amen. But the situation gets even worse. Because just as Jesus is talking to his disciples and then to this lady, some people, some men from Jairus' home bring the news that his daughter has died. Don't trouble the teacher, the rabbi, anymore. It's too late. Too long. Jesus took too long. I wonder if you've ever been in that place when you have exercised faith in God. Where it seems as though it's too late. Maybe somebody you love, somebody close to you, a family member, has a diagnosis from a medical expert that says this disease has gone too far. There's nothing that 
that we can do. Maybe in a marriage situation, the husband and the wife have separated, maybe even divorced. And it can appear as though it's too late. Maybe a child that we have been believing for, for salvation, has gone way, way, way out away from God. Turned their backs completely on what God wants for their life. Maybe they are in prison. Maybe they are uh, addicted to drugs. And we can think it's too late. I'm here to tell you that it's never too late when God is involved. What is the answer then? Stay in faith. Jesus speaks to Jairus when he hears this report. He turns to Jairus and he says, Do not fear, only believe. In other words, don't listen to your emotions. Listen to your heart. Sometimes when our faith is being tested, we can be drawn by what we feel. We look at a situation and our feelings start to run away with us. And if we are not careful, we can start to believe in a disastrous outcome and we lose sight of God's word. Jesus says, don't fear. Don't fear. Did he say? Silly people. They don't know what they're talking about. No. He addressed this faith that was being tested. And he said, Jairus, keep your eyes on me. Just believe. I can only imagine what Jairus felt as they started to walk again towards his home. He had heard the report that his daughter was now dead. And as they walked towards the house, confirmation of that hits them full on. Because outside the house is a crowd of people. A tumult is happening. And the weepers and the wailers and the mourners are in full swing. Because the young girl has died. Have you ever been in a test of faith? Not only have the circumstances seemed to be such that God has missed it, it's too late, but the circumstances just come like a flood to overtake you. Not only to destroy what you've been believing for, but to destroy you as well. And I can almost imagine it's like Jesus could, would, would be holding the hand of Jairus as they walked. And those words would be ringing in the ears of Jairus. Don't be afraid. Just believe. Just believe. Some people say that talking to yourself is the first sign of madness. Then I'm a certified madman. Because there are times when I have to talk to myself the truth of God. Because right in front of me, all around me, in my bank account statements, wherever, in my body, in the body of those that I love, is the evidence of God not yet meeting that need. And I can get fearful. 
And I have to hold Jesus' hand and hear him say, only believe. Only believe. They reach the house and they see this crowd that are wailing. And then something even worse happens. Jesus was ridiculed by the crowd. I can imagine the crowd saying, who, do he, who does he think he is? Jairus, listen, your daughter is dead. Nobody can help her. Who does this teacher, this rabbi think that he is? Have you ever been in a situation when your faith is really being tested and people say to you, what are you believing in that for? What can Jesus do right now? It's beyond hope. Your wife has gone. Your husband has gone. The sickness has got a hold of your body. You are bankrupt, whatever the situation might be. And the very source of the answer to your need becomes the object of ridicule. Did you notice what Jesus did? He put them all outside. And Jesus will do that for us. If we will look to him, if we will only believe, he will silence those voices that would ridicule us for believing and ridicule Jesus as well. And Jesus goes into the house. He takes the mother and the father. He takes believing Jairus. And he takes three disciples. Apart from that, he empties the house. He goes up to the young girl. He takes her by the hand and he says, little girl, it's time to get up. And the Bible says, she awoke. She stood up. And Jesus said, my, she must be hungry. Give her something to eat. Our faith will be tested. But true faith will win through in the end. And you may have been believing for God to do something that he has promised you. Maybe for a whole day. Maybe for a whole week, a whole month, maybe even longer. And you feel that your faith is being tested. All along that journey, you will have opportunities to deny your faith. To say, well, maybe it works for everybody else except me. But if you will hold on to this, if you will stay in that place of believing, God will be true to his word. You see, Jairus continued to believe. And Jesus took him into the house where his daughter had died. And Jairus witnessed his daughter coming back from the dead. I don't want to be one of those people that Jesus sends away. I want to be one of those people that Jesus takes in. 
to where a miracle is about to happen. I want to be right there when blind eyes are opened by the power of God. I want to be right there when, when Jesus turns the water into wine. I want to be there when the crippled get out of their wheelchairs, God bless them, and walk and leap and praise God. I want to be there when those that are, are suffering from terminal illnesses are healed by the power of God. I want to be there. I want to witness it. I want to be there when marriages that have divorced are brought back together again by the power of Jesus. I want to be there when children that have gone astray and have fallen into sin or have deliberately turned their back on God. I want to be there when Jesus saves them. I want to be there when the drug addict gets clean. I want to be there when the prostitute is able to walk with her head held up high because Jesus is her lover and her Lord. I want to be there. How about you? I want to be like Jairus that saw the miracle that came as a result of him believing in Jesus. I want to be there. I want to be there to see the miracle of Jesus feeding the 5,000. I want to be there when the communities en masse turn to Jesus. I want to be there when a nation falls to its knees turns its back on its own ways, on the ways of Satan, and says, Jesus, you are our Lord. I want to be there. I could not stand to be one of those people that Jesus said, you wait outside. You wait outside. You don't believe I don't want to be one of those weepers and mourners that will only acknowledge what they see with their eyes but cannot acknowledge what God is doing in their heart. I want to be right there. I want to be there when the dead are raised to life. I want to be there when those that have been addicted to crime are released from their addiction and turn to Jesus. I want to be there. I want that faith that God has given me to stand the test. The test is not one that we pass or fail. God is not trying to prove that we haven't got faith. That's not why our tests, our faith is tested. Look what it says in 1 Peter. These trials or tests have come so that your faith, which is of greater worth than gold, may be proved genuine. And may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus Christ is revealed. Does God need to see your faith proved? Of course he doesn't. He knows everything. It is for our benefit. Gold is purified many times before it becomes pure. Let us be happy. Let us rejoice when God trusts in us so much that he will test 
our faith. Not to prove to us that we haven't got faith, but to show us the power that is available to us if we will but believe. Look what it says in James and chapter 1. Consider it pure joy. Oh God, deliver me from this trial. James says, no, 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 don't pray that way. Say, thank you, God. Thank you that my faith is being tested. Thank you that you consider my faith worthy of being tested. When you face trials of many kinds because you know that the, the testing of your faith develops perseverance or endurance. What does that mean? It means that you can go on believing and on believing. I had a, an email this week that was an answer to 25 years of prayer. <laughs> My brother got healed from a, a doubly prolapsed disc. 25 years since the accident happened. Thank you, God, that you saw the faith of those that were praying to be worthy your test. I tell you, there's nothing more encouraging when you see the test of God in your life and you, and you hear him say, well done, good and faithful servant. You see, God is not trying to disprove our faith. He's looking to approve it. He's saying to you, come on, you can believe. You can do it. I believe in you. That's why I gave you the faith. That's why I gave you my word. Because I believe that you can receive it by faith. And that when the tests come, you'll stand true to what I've said. I want to be in Jairus' house. Do you? You want to be there? I know that those tests of faith are sometimes very, very hard. And sometimes we need to hear the voice of Jesus at those key moments. Don't be afraid. Don't get distracted. Don't look for some other answers. Just believe. Just believe. I want to be. I want to be there. When God turns up, I want to see those miracles. I want to see God's will come into the realm of this world just as it is in heaven. Your kingdom come and your will be done on earth just as it is in heaven. And I know that God will enable us not only to withstand these tests, but to come through them. Even stronger. Even when the circumstances seem to speak so forcibly against what we're believing. When we stand upon God's promises. We stand upon a rock that is eternal. It will never shake. It will never fade. It will never disappear. God's word is true. Amen. Amen. Father, we thank you for the truth of your word.
Father, we thank you that your word can never, ever fail. And as we put our trust, as we place faith in your word, we thank you that you will be true to it. Father, I thank you that today you encourage us in faith. You know that there are those of us, Father, who have been, have been believing in your word, in what you have said for many years. Thank you for the encouragement that you give to us right now. I also believe that there are people here who have, to, up to today, have not been able to believe in God's word for whatever reason. But the Holy Spirit is working in you right now to show you the power and the truth of what God says. Can I encourage you to open your hearts and to receive God's word? Sometimes when we exercise faith, it feels like we're stepping into nothing. But the truth is, we're stepping into everything. We're stepping into truth. We're stepping into life. Father, I thank you that you bring answers to people's needs. You give solutions to people's problems. You speak truth where there has been no truth. You bring life where there has been death. And thank you, Father, for the honor and the privilege of being, a, being able to be co-laborers with you in the establishing of your kingdom. In Jesus' name.